Hi, listeners. Welcome to the first episode of the Corporate Governance Capsule Collection with Pam Marco Glaze and Lisa Bieber. We're excited to have you with us as we discuss what you need to know about the topics that are at the top of the boardroom and governance priority lists. It is perhaps not a surprise that for our first episode, we wanted to talk about a topic near and dear to us as client advisors, and that's the issue of how companies can take control of their own narrative as they navigate stakeholder relationships. I'll turn it over to Pam to set the stage and kick us off. In today's world, we see that there are lots of pressures on companies about how to communicate to their stakeholders. You will all remember the business roundtable statement that 180 or so CEOs signed up to that committed to taking into account the interests of various stakeholders. You also will remember there was a certain amount of backlash against that statement. And then we also see that shareholders continue to bring a high level of shareholder proposals And what is also happening is that an increasing number of them are passing, which is a little bit of a different trend from what we used to see in the past. We also see shareholder activism. We see boycotts. We see protests. There's a whole world in which companies function and in which they are called upon to step up and communicate what their views are on all of these issues. It can feel a little bit overwhelming, particularly because not all of the stakeholders are aligned. Some of them are looking for very different things and companies find themselves squarely in the middle of this. And so today we're going to explore how companies ought to best deal with some of these competing demands. So I'll start with this first question, Lisa. What's the broader framework here? How should companies be thinking about their role? Well, it's an interesting question, Pam. And I think one of the things that people are struggling with is this idea that companies are just kind of under a barrage of information and a barrage of requests. And they're asked to do all sorts of things that are outside their normal mandate and that they haven't thought about before necessarily in an organized fashion. And so they're responding to requests, they're putting out statements, they're giving answers to questionnaires, and it's all decentralized. And so one of the things that is really a benefit for companies is to take a little bit of a step back and to figure out themselves what they want to say on all of these topics and how they want to control that information. And in that respect, it should be less like the horse being drawn to a bunch of different ponds. And instead, the companies are kind of in a driver's seat and in a position to tell the external stakeholders what is important and what matters in a cohesive and collective way. And in some ways, that means that they'll have to decline some of the opportunities to provide information until they've thought about what they want to say themselves, but really figuring out what the message is, what's relevant for stakeholders, and where the company wants to position itself is becoming more important today. I completely agree with that, Lisa. And I think that your point about taking a step back is particularly critical. Sometimes companies get into this mode where they feel a little bit reactive and responsive. And I think that taking a minute to take stock, frankly, of all of the very good work that companies have been doing for many years now and trying to understand what their messaging is and what is actually important to them is really key. I think also differentiating between what is material, which obviously has SEC disclosure obligations attached to it versus what is just important or significant and that other stakeholders may be interested in, I think is important because that can also drive 
where the information is then disseminated. And I think the other piece that fits into this is thinking about your written disclosures versus your communications more broadly. So SEC disclosures are obviously one thing, and we know that in the U.S. there are not that many disclosure requirements at this level, but that these kinds of issues do fall under the general concept of materiality. If something is material, of course, it needs to be disclosed in your periodic reports. But also there's a component here of communications more generally. So your shareholders will obviously be interested in many of these topics. And so shareholder engagement should also be consistent with the overall messaging. And same with communications with employees or even external facing messaging to customers or just from a PR branding perspective, it should all, if it fits within sort of the overall umbrella that the company has come up with, it gives the company the opportunity to be very proactive, to be in charge of its narrative, but also to have been thoughtful about it. And then it will all be consistent. Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit of an element of long-termism here. We talk about long-termism externally often, but there's an internal element in that it requires a little bit of bravery at first to do this, kind of taking the ball and going home and figuring out what you want. And so initially it'll feel uncomfortable almost, but in the long term, companies will be so much better served for having done this investment where they get to retake control of the narrative and they get to be the ones who are in the driver's seat a couple months down the line. And in some ways, it's going to be more difficult for some of the smaller companies who don't have as much of a message out there and struggle to get attention from some of their largest stakeholders and shareholders sometimes. But in the long term, I think that this is one of the ways that those companies will be able to differentiate themselves. There's also, I think, a certain amount of sort of internal processes that are necessary to be able to support this communication and this work and So many times you get a call from a client that says, oh, we didn't know that this person had said this or this person had responded to a survey asking about material risks and flag things that in the broader scheme of things, the company doesn't really think are material. So how should companies think about managing the internal process to support this work? I think that it definitely needs to be centralized in some fashion. And there should be some form of legal oversight and internal lawyer review involved. And it's a little tricky because in some ways this goes outside the paradigm of what falls into the legal sphere and how lawyers think about their work. But there needs to be someone who's familiar with SEC processes to make sure that companies aren't saying that things are material that are merely significant or important, as you mentioned before. And someone who is comfortable with process and kind of knows how the company organizes their information and can make this a process. Because to do this right, it's not just one person or one small group that's sitting in a room figuring out what the company is saying or doing on this. It's a collaboration between investor relations and corporate communications and sometimes HR and legal, and in some respects, even the finance group, if there are financial metrics that would be tied to this information. And so it's marshalling a multidisciplinary team within a company to be able to have some sort of controls and think about this information. I think that these issues, when you're talking about things that are material or significant, they go hand in hand with strategy. If they are really material or really that important, they ought to be part of the strategy. And I think there are 
number of investors who have really evolved their thinking and are thinking about these issues in that way. So ESG is no longer a nice to have, but really goes to the long-term success of the business or long-term risks in the business. And so if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense for this to be all tied in together. So completely agree with your point that this is no longer something that one person or a small group is tasked with, but really winds up being a much higher level issue that everybody needs to be involved in. And to that point, if it is material, indeed, the board should also have oversight of the material risks. And so the board should be involved. And I'm not saying the board needs to be involved in every little granular piece of information that goes out the door, but the piece that ties to strategy has to tie into the kinds of things that the board has oversight over and the piece that ties to risk similarly has to be brought before the board. So I think what we're really seeing in my mind is just a coalescing of so many of the things that companies have learned over the last few years. And my view is at least we're getting to a point where companies have a lot of information. They've started putting a lot of processes in place. And now I think it's just a matter of really taking stock of all of that and making sure that it's coherent and consistent and that the messaging that goes out the door fits within the overall narrative and framework that companies will have established. Well, this has been a great conversation on this topic. Thank you for sharing your views with me. And on that note, maybe we will pause it here. Sure. Good to talk to you, Pam.